Yeah, that was weak. Can I get a good morning? Good morning. There you go. I like you guys to be interactive. Keep you on your toes. Anyway, uh, welcome to Crossbridge. We're going to stand and worship the Lord, and then uh, Brother Mark's going to come talk to us, and then we'll worship some more. So, everywhere I go on this road, high and low, there I go, I go. There's a city that calls me by name. There's a city that calls me by name. Yes, as I run this race, I am cheered by the saints. There's a city that calls me by name. There's a future that runs through my veins. There's a future that runs through my veins. Yes, there's nothing on earth that can stand in away. There's a future that runs through my veins. Hey, everywhere I go on this road, I go. Where I go, I go with you. So I won't be afraid, yes, my hope come what may. Where I go, I go. busy day today we've got a baptism we're going to do here in just a few minutes here and then we've got four more at the river uh, today so big baptism day I'm excited for that that's a, a good thing for the church yep good thing for the church
So I want to pray this morning. I know we got several people traveling for Memorial Day, and so I want to pray for them this morning. But I'm glad you're here uh, with us today. And I want to pray also today. Uh, today's sermon's going to be a little bit, a little bit different, maybe. Um, I, I, I have just, it's been a rough week, guys, for our country. And I want to pray for the people in Texas. Uh, we're going to talk about that today. I think it's important. It's important when stuff happens uh, in our country that it's relevant to this gospel word that we talk about it. And so we're going to talk about that today. I want to pray for families, pray for our country this morning. Uh, it's just been a rough, rough week for our country. So I want to I pray for that this morning. But I thank you for being here. Bow with me in prayer and then we'll have our welcoming time. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, that, that we're here to worship you and uh, Lord it, it's been a tough week it's been a tough week for our nation and and, and Lord I, I pray I pray for the families this morning down in Texas uh, Lord I pray for our families all over our country a uh, God that just the, these things keep happening and it's 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 we're fighting a spiritual battle and it's it's sin and it's evil and it's uh, it's Satan and, and Lord now more than ever we need strong followers of you to stand up and make their voices loud and clear, and, and to follow your word, Lord, and to have family structure that's following you. And so, Lord, I pray for that this morning. Lord, I, I, I know that we're not responsible for anything else but what happens right here at Crossbridge in Marshfield, Missouri, but, Lord, I hope and I pray that we take that serious, and we take that calling serious, and we take the calling serious that you have on our lives for our families, uh, God, as leaders that we teach our kids to love you. Uh, Lord, it is an exciting day for our church today as we baptize our brothers and sisters, uh, and they've made, they're making their outward profession of faith in you, and so that's an important uh, thing today, and I'm thankful for that today, uh, God. I, I'm thankful, Lord, that we're celebrating Memorial Day this weekend, that we've had men and women uh, sacrifice, Lord, their lives. They've given the ultimate sacrifice for our country and for our freedom, for the ability for me to preach this morning, uh, Lord, so I, I'm thankful for them. Uh, Lord, I'm thankful for your sacrifice you made for us on the cross. That without that, we're dead in our sins. And so, Lord, this morning we remember uh, those. I, I'm thankful, Lord, for the ones that are serving our country today uh, and, and keeping us uh, free. And, Lord, if we, if we don't follow you, we're not going to be free for very long. And so, Lord, I, I pray this morning that, that um, we take what's happening in our country serious and we learn from it and we put it into practice and we're vocal, Lord, about you. And so, Lord, in all things this morning, God, I love you and I thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. I wasn't going to preach the sermon during the prayer, but you're going to get it a little bit later on, okay? Hey, uh, make everybody feel welcome this morning.
secret this morning. Gail, come on up here. We got one baptism to do this morning, and then we're going to head down to the river after church, and we got four more to do down there. So Kendall, you guys know, come on up here, and you're going to climb in here and go all the way up to the front and sit down. Whoa. We almost had multiple baptisms right now. All right, turn around, put your feet there, yeah. So Kendall, uh, a couple of weeks ago, you guys know that on Wednesday nights, if somebody has a question about salvation or baptism, I, I usually always pull them into the office on Wednesday nights. And anytime you pull, the preacher says, hey, you're going to come to my office on Wednesday nights and talk. For some reason, people get really nervous. I don't know why, but uh, I ask him, <laughs> yeah, you should get nervous, whoever says that. <laughs> All right. But in all seriousness, though, I, he came to my office, and, uh, and I asked him questions about salvation, and, and he has professed Christ as his personal Lord and Savior, and as being obedient uh, in, in submitting to believer's baptism. So, uh, Kendall, you got anything you want to say? He told me he wasn't going to say anything. That's okay. I always ask. All right. So scoot up just a little bit. I don't want to bang your noggin. Hold on. Now, hold on just a second. Now, you're dating Brittany, right? Where, where are her parents at? You guys want me to hold him under a little bit longer than normal? They like him. Okay, we'll make it quick. All right. Kendall, hold my hand right here, young man. Have you professed Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes. You better say it louder than that. Yes. All right. On your profession of faith and in keeping with his command, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. bring a towel is this your towel there you go all right you probably want to go out around here and through that side door and don't get electrocuted you're going to be in heaven one day but we don't want you today there okay all right all right perfect okay uh baseball team or softball team excuse me i wanted to do this if you played on the church softball team uh that just completed their season would you please stand up this morning Okay, this softball team went undefeated. Perfect record, perfect record. So if you sign up to play Crossbridge softball, you better be good. Coach, get on up here, coach. We had something made for our coach. It is a jersey with the Crossbridge logo, and it says, number one coach. Congratulations. Good job. Good job. Yeah, good job. All right, here's an announcement. So because of Memorial Day, normally we have men's Bible study tonight. There's no men's Bible study tonight. So enjoy the time with your families. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about what we can think about over Memorial Day uh, in the sermon today. But, but take that time. So no, uh, no men's Bible study uh, tonight. I did mention baptism at the creek. So it's really easy to get uh, to Greer Creek. You just go out W Highway. So you go over the overpass and turn right. Stay on W Highway about six miles. You're going to see a little church called Mission Home Baptist Church. Right after Mission Home is Greer Creek Road. Hang a left on Greer Creek, follow it right down to the creek. That's where we baptize. It's a country, a county road. It's all paved, but it's a county road so you can stand on the bridge. It's a good spot. Baptism right after church. So after church, 
I won't be out front shaking hands. I'm going to get changed and get ready. We'll have one of the elders do that. But So baptism, we usually leave about 10 minutes after the morning service uh, to head to baptism. We got a new baby here today, I was told, right? Where's the new baby? Sleeping? Would you stand up? The, we, we don't have to get her out, but yeah, no, you guys, if you want to, you can. New baby, Brian and Stephanie, perfect. First Sunday at church, I love that. First Sunday at church, all right. Don't want to recognize that. Uh, Saturday, June 4th, there's a Timothy Project outreach from 9 to 1 at the Embassy of Hope. So if you guys would like to help with that, see Trey. Uh, I'm sure he could use some help. It's in Springfield, correct, Trey? Okay, so please see Trey on that. We have men's prayer breakfast Saturday, June 18th at Grillo's uh, at 8 a.m. in the morning. VBS is rapidly getting here. Do you still have, is all the positions filled for VBS? Okay, we got to fill positions for VBS. VBS is going to be here June 27th through the 30th. This is nothing to get stressed out about, okay, uh, on VBS. If you've never taught a class before or, or worked with a class, it's fun. Like, it's fun. So if, if you want to help, uh, please see Sierra's. The sign-up sheet's still out there. Sign-up sheet's out there uh, again this week. And I'll, 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 if it doesn't get filled this week, I'll probably be coming to people and saying, have you signed up for VBS? So ready for that conversation, okay? Uh, it's an opportunity to serve. Uh, and so anything else that I did, I know we have an outreach coming up in July, uh, right, Mike? We have an outreach plan for July. Don't have a date yet. July 30th, okay. And then the 4th of July parade, we will set up our church booth on the 4th of July parade and share the gospel with people. Pass out Bibles, yes. I have that flyer right here. I need to get it on my announcements. Kids fishing tournament uh, is when? June 25th. June 25th. And that's going to be out at the Freeway uh, Ranch on Old Seymour Road. They put that on. They cook lunch. Uh, we have prizes for the kids. It's a fun day uh, out at the ranch. So... Uh, June 25th. From what time does it start, Mike? 9 to 2. Okay. And they have prizes for big fish and all that stuff for the kids. So it's fun. Anything else this morning that I forgot on announcements? Yes. Tenth through the 12th. Okay. Youth. Please see Joel and Shelly on the youth retreat August 10th through the 12th. Young adults, we're still working out the date. It looks like it's going to be June, Friday night, June 10th, but we'll confirm that. We'll get, um, we'll get with them and, and confirm that today with Rachel and Dustin. We'll get with you guys. We'll, I know it's kind of dates that bounce around. It's because you young adult college-age kids are busy all the time. That's why. And we got some of them getting married, so it's, that's okay. Um, that's good. Anything else? Okay, if you would stand this morning, let's take up our morning offering and have our time of worship before we jump into God's Word together. And uh, let's bless our morning offering today. Uh, Lord Jesus, again, we come to you, Lord, thankful to be here. And Lord, I, I pray this morning that you take this and use it to further your kingdom, God, uh, here on a local level, on a national level. And it, as we enter our time of worship uh, today, Lord, we lift our voices in song to you. We love you, Lord. We praise you. We worship you for who you are. It's in your name I pray. Amen.
then I get in trouble. So my job is to help you guys be leaders. I mean, that's all of our job is to help each other be leaders. And it warms my heart to hear them girls take the lead on that song. So I don't know. I just want to share that. <laughs> so this next song is a good one, too. You were me of it
Thank you, guys. Uh, kids can go uh, to Children's Church if they would like to this morning with Miss Sierra. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to James chapter 4. So I appreciate my father-in-law being here last week and filling in for me as we were in Arkansas. Uh, and I have been working through the, the book of 1 John. And guys, I'm just telling you, I... I I just think it's so, so important that we address from this pulpit and, and should be every pulpit across our country what is going on in our society and in our country and how that pertains to a biblical worldview. We have to. Uh, the, the, I think the, the, a major problem that has happened to our country is that we don't address things from the pulpits anymore because we get so scared about it and we can't be scared about things. Um, and so I want to talk about that this morning. James chapter 4, verses 7 uh, through 10. If you would stand, let's honor God's word together uh, as we read it. James 4, 7 through 10, it says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, 
you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, this morning, I, Lord, I just pray for wisdom and discernment. And I pray that this, uh, this message, Lord, is in, is in my opinion. It's, it has nothing to do with me. Uh, so get me out of the way here, Lord, this morning. It's you and your word and how it pertains to us right now, where we're living at, what we as followers of yours, as the church, as communities have to do to change the direction, Lord. And it is right here in your word. And so, Lord, this morning I pray that you are exalted, that we become less and you become greater, and that we humble ourselves before you, God. I love you, and we love you, and we want to honor you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So the question that I just kept asking myself this week, when I hear about Texas, and this came across the news, I believe Wednesday, maybe it was Thursday, why? Why? Why do we, why is this keep happening? You know, it happened uh, roughly, I don't know, five or six years ago in Connecticut. It happens in Texas. It's happening all over. Um, now, I know what the secular world says. The secular world says, well, guns are killing people. Guns, we have to get rid of guns. Well, I'll tell you guys that I was in St. Louis for Brian, Brian Gentry, retired out of the Coast Guard, and I'm really proud of him. Thank you for your service, Brian. He retired Friday from the Coast Guard after 23 years, and when I was in St. Louis, yeah, give him a hand. I'm pretty much carrying a gun with me all the time. I, I did when I was in St. Louis, and guess what? The gun never jumped out of my pocket and killed anybody. If you go to my house, you're going to see a whole bunch of guns in my house. AR-15s too. None of my AR-15s have ever killed anybody. So is this a gun problem or is this a heart problem? This is a heart problem. This is the problem with our country is that we have completely gotten away from a biblical worldview, from a godly worldview, and now we have become a secular country. The number of Christians in our country is at the lowest point at any time in history. The numbers of churches are closing across our country at a rapid, rapid pace. More than ever, we are living in a secular society. We have become a society that no longer fears God at all. The fear of God is nowhere there in how, how people live their lives. It's just not there at all. That much less honor God or profess Him as their Lord and their Savior. Now how does that all wrap into what we're doing this weekend? Well this weekend, we, what are we celebrating? We're celebrating Memorial Day. And Memorial Day is this national holiday that is set aside to remember those who have died serving our country in the armed forces. Uh, over 1.3 million have died defending our country and what this country was founded upon. And what our country was founded upon, folks, is not what our country is today. Right now, we are engaged in a war in our country. It is a cultural war. It is a, a war of good and evil. It is a, and it's one that says we should be prepared for, a spiritual war. By putting on the whole armor of God, we should be prepared. 
over the last 10 years or so, there has been an assault, a complete assault against common sense, against God's word that our founding fathers founded this country upon. So, I bring up all these problems. What do we do as the church? What do we do? What do me and you do? Well, I'm thankful this morning that I'm only responsible. My only responsibility is my house, my business, and and partly as one of the elders of this church. That's what I'm going to answer to God for. Well, you here this morning are going to be answerable for a lot of the same things. Your house, your community. Those are. I'm thankful that I'm not the president of the United States and going to answer or a lawmaker today. Now, that being said, do we need Christian lawmakers? Yes, and I'm going to get into that. But what do we do? Well, I think we have to educate ourselves. We not only have to educate ourselves, but we have to educate our children and our community on, on a lot of things. And it's found right here. In our verses this morning, it says, Draw near to God, resist the devil, and humble ourselves before the Lord. Well, how can we educate our kids to draw near to God, to resist the devil, to humble ourselves before the Lord, to get back to the country that, our, that we were founded upon? And the one that we're remembering that all these people died for this weekend. Well, there's five things, and I want to cover them this morning. I'm going to try to be, be quick, but it's just an important, important thing. We have to really look at how our country was founded and the Christian heritage that we come from. We have to go back and look how this country was started. We have to be informed, educated about how our country was started. History is being rewritten today. And many things people want to dismiss of what our founding fathers believed. Many people today will will claim that our founding fathers were deists or secular humanists or atheists. That is absolutely not true. If you go back and you look, they were not any of those things. This country was not founded on spiritually neutral ground, where all religions would just be accepted, and that no religion was any better than the other. Our founding fathers founded our country on a basis of Christianity. Today, you hear about the term separation of church and state. What does that mean? What does the separation of church and state mean? That the church should have nothing to do with the government? That's not what it means. That's what you're told today, though. That the church should have nothing to do with government. That government should have nothing to do with the church. No. You know what the separation of church and state actually is, folks? The separation of church and state is that the, the state would have not have an organized religion, a religion of the state. It doesn't mean that, those, that, that being Christians... Christianity is not an integral part of how our country was founded. But they would say that our founding fathers adhered to a strict adherence of that. I suggest that we go back and we look at how some of the early uh, 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 colonial colonies were founded. An example is Jamestown. It was one of the first English-speaking settlements in our new world. 400 years ago, they established Jamestown. And people lived in modest, very modest homes. Humble huts almost that they lived in. But right in the middle of Jamestown, you know what they did? They had a massive church building. The most beautiful structure in the colony was a church building. Why did they do that? 
Because they wanted everybody to know that God came first in their community. That God came first. During the week in Jamestown, they would have two-hour worship services every single day. Attendance was mandatory. If you didn't show up for the daily service, you know what happened? Your daily ration of food was not given to you. And what was the reasoning? If you were too sick to go to church, you must be too sick to eat. That's how strict they were. I'm not saying we go back completely to that, but think about that. Think about what you've heard about how our country was founded. On Sunday, they had a five-hour worship service. If you missed church for three weeks in a row, they put you in stocks. That's how, that's how much God was integrated into their society. Now, even though that, that may have went too far, it seems to me the lesson comes loud and clear that, that the people wanted to communicate that God was the most important thing in their lives. Our universities, there's tons of universities, and unfortunately our universities have went very, very liberal. Very, very liberal. Did you know when our earliest universities were started, Harvard was established in 1636. You know what their statement of purpose was? It was that every student's aim is to know God and Jesus Christ and to recognize that Christ is the foundation of all learning. Think about that. Their motto was truth for Christ and the church. When Yale came into existence in 1701, they said God is the source of all wisdom. They required their students to attend daily public prayer services in the morning and in the evening. You know why Yale was started? Harvard and Yale have a big rivalry. You know why they were started? Because a group of ministers thought Harvard had become too liberal. Think about that. When Princeton came into existence in 1746, Princeton proclaimed, Cursed is all learning contrary to the cause of Christ. So our country, our founding fathers were convinced of Psalms 33, 12, where it says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. When you put Christ first in your family, things work out. It works out. It's good. You're blessed. When you put Christ first in your life, you're saved. You have salvation when you profess him as your Lord. Patrick Henry, everybody knows Patrick Henry? This is what he said. He says, it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians. Not on religion, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's amazing quotes. William Penn, the founder of uh, Penn, Pennsylvania, said, if we aren't governed by God, we'll, we will be ruled by tyrants. John Jay, he knows a whole lot about the Supreme Court coming out right now. Whole bunch on the Supreme Court. John Jay was the first chief justice of the Supreme Court. This is what he said, and I quote, It is the duty as well as the privilege and interest of a Christian nation to select and prefer Christians for their rulers. You want to get, get back? We want to get back to how we were founded? Guess what you need to do? Elect followers of Christ into office. Elect them as your judges. Elect them into your city councils and as your state reps. Support people that support the gospel. Oh man, I can't believe he's preaching about this this morning. The problem is we haven't preached about this. And, and then we have kids killing one another because of it. Because of broken homes. 
Because we haven't taken it serious. Well, what about schools? We, all, we talk about schools a lot. We're talking about schools this morning. Our country, when it was founded, used one primary textbook. Guess what that was? The Bible. The Bible. Thomas Jefferson, when he was president, also served as the head of the school board in Washington. Jefferson insisted that two books be used, the Bible and the Watts Hymnal, which is rich in Bible teaching. That's what he used. The New England Primer was also used as a textbook up until education, up until 1900. It, took, it, it was a very, very amazing book, and children in the first grade were expected to learn the alphabet, you know how? By memorizing scripture verses. In the back of the primer, there are numerous questions and answers that first graders were expected to know. Some of them, who was the first man? Who was the first woman? Who was the first Christian martyr? Many people couldn't pass a first grade test today. They have no clue about what the Bible says. No clue. They wouldn't be able to pass a first grade test. So don't let, church, anybody tell you that our, our country was, not, was founded by a bunch of atheists. That's not true. Don't let anybody tell you that our country has to be spiritually neutral. That's not true. We elect people who believe like we do. The gospel is what changes. I'm really going to get to that here in a minute. Don't let anybody ever tell you that our Constitution says separation of church and state. It doesn't. It doesn't. Our, our, our country has a rich Christian heritage that we have to know and we have to communicate. The second thing, so many times, guys, we walk around like we're defeated. Like we, and I have been this week, I felt like the same thing. Listen, we're not defeated, we are victorious. We're not defeated. As we watch crime increase and we watch families disintegrating, we look around, you see pain and sorrow, and it can seem like evil is going to win and that righteousness is losing. Listen, we have to remember what Jesus taught us. 1 John 4, 4 says, Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Jonah is a perfect example, the story of Jonah, of this. Jonah is told, go to Nineveh, go to Nineveh and preach my word. Jonah 1-2, God says, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for evil has come up before me. What was Nineveh? Nineveh was a city of cruelty, of sin. And God said, I'm going to destroy Nineveh because of that. Well, you know what? I, I think about Nineveh, and I think about the book of Jonah, and I see what happens in our country, and I see what's promoted in our country, and I, I think, you know what, if God was watching the Ninevites, he's surely watching us. He is watching. He is watching. And there's going to be judgment. There will be judgment. So what do we have to do? He told Jonah, go to Nineveh and preach. After Jonah spent three days in the belly of a big fish, he decided to be obedient to that. And, and what did he do? He went and he preached. He went and he told the message. And what happened? People repented. Everybody from the king all the way down repented. And what did God do? He spared Nineveh because of Jonah's preaching. The Ninevites did what? They humbled themselves before God. Go back to our verses. What does it say? 
Humble yourself, therefore, before God. Think about the defeat that the disciples must have felt at the cross. They're standing, looking at Jesus on the cross, hanging there. It looks like defeat. We can't win. Our, our leader's been crucified. Well, three days later, the tomb is empty. He's not there. He's risen. Christ is victorious. He conquered sin and death. What are the verses that say that we're more than conquerors? Romans 8, 37. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 1 John 5, 4, 5, 4. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Romans 8, 31. If God is for us, who could be against us? I want to say right now, when I think about the way our country is going, God's not for us right now. So it starts with us. It starts in our individual homes that we start relaying the truth, that we change our communities. I, I, guys, I agree. I sat back and this week I'm thinking, Lord, how do we do this? How do we do this? I mean, I think about Marshfield, Missouri. And we're just this little bitty town in the middle of the country. How do we change the direction of our country? Guys, I think it starts with prayer. It starts with prayer. It starts with us earnestly praying for our country, the direction that we're going, and teaching the people that we're responsible over the truth. That's the third thing. The third thing is we have to be bold with the truth. Do you believe you have the message of truth? If you believe it's the truth, you have to be bold about that. We have to be bold in communicating the truth. We have been commissioned, church, to go into the whole world and preach the gospel, to share the truth. But instead of being aggressive and bold with the truth, we become passive. We become very passive. And, and probably, maybe, it's because it's become very, very politically incorrect to be bold with the gospel message now. It's not a politically correct message. Well, this hasn't changed in the Bible in Acts chapter 4, it wasn't politically correct for the disciples of Jesus to go and preach the gospel. In fact, they came under severe persecution. Peter and John in Acts chapter 4 are standing before a council. And, and, and why? They're excited about their faith. They're in trouble about Jesus because they're excited about their faith. They're bold about their faith. They're preaching about their faith. They went out into the streets of Jerusalem and they're, and they're sharing their faith with anybody that would listen. And hundreds of people are now coming to Christ. And so what happens? The government, the leaders, they become very concerned about what was taking place. And so they arrest Peter and John. Well, they couldn't find anything to condemn them for legally. So finally they had to release them. But right before they released them, they said something. Turn to Acts chapter 4. Verses 18 and 19. It says, so they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. You know what that sounds like to me? Cancel culture. We're canceling you boys out. Don't talk about that Jesus. Keep your mouth shut. We don't want to hear it. Or we're going to throw you back in jail. That's, that, was the, that was the Acts chapter 4 cancel culture. 
But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than God, you must judge. That's how they answer. And then they said this, if you go on down. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. You be the judge of whether it's right or wrong, but we're not going to stop talking about what we've seen and heard. We're not going to stop sharing the truth. These were the guys that just had them arrested. You know what that is? That's boldness. That's boldness. That's standing up for the truth, no matter what the consequences are. No matter what anybody's going to say. That is ver- this story is exactly what's happening in our society today. The cancel culture. Can- shut the Christian businesses down. Shut the bakers down. Because they hold to a biblical view of marriage. Shut them all down. Have them Fire them all. They can't serve in our newspapers. You know what we have to do? Hire them. When you hear, when you hear that your brother in Christ has a business, support him. When you hear they're running for office, support them. We have to support them. Some are trying to tell us today, right today, to not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. Listen, we put our sermons on Facebook Live. I would bet my house. Don't bet your house away, okay? I'm not going to be sinful here. I was, if I bet my house that within five years we're going to get a message from Facebook that we're canceling your church page because of what you stand on. And all I'm talking about is right here. All I'm talking about is right here. It's happening. Now how are we going to respond? How are you going to respond? When, when we hear, you can't say that. I pray that our response is we can't help but talk about what we've seen and heard. Or are we going to crawl into the corner and be quiet and let it keep happening? I want to tell you, the ACLU, gay rights groups, Marxist communists, they're speaking with loud voices right now in our country. Loud voices. They're shouting what they believe and what they think should happen to our country. Are you going to? Are you going to? Romans 1.16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation of everyone who believes. Folks, if you love the Lord Jesus, you can't be ashamed of what this says. You've got to stand on the truth of what this says. Do you believe this gospel message? Or is it the power of God unto salvation? All right, the fourth thing. We're getting through this. <laughs> So I, I, I love that we have so many young folks in this church. This summer, they're going to be getting married. We have three couples that are going to be getting married this morning. And all of them are going through pre-marriage counseling with me. And one of the things that I tell every single one of them is you better teach your kids. The responsibility that you have in your household is to raise disciples of Christ. We have got to teach our children the truth. Proverbs 22.6 says, train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. You know one of the saddest things I hear many times is that kids will be raised in a Christian home, and then they turn completely against the truth of God's word. We have got to instill in them. This is what James Russell Lowe said. He asked about how long the American uh, Republic would endure. And he responded, as long as the ideas of the fathers dominate. Hmm. 
That means everything I've talked about this morning about our country, all these things, guess what I have to do as a parent? Instill them into my children. The truth about Christ, I have to instill into my children. Our, our, our children need to hear. We as parents have to teach our children about the rich heritage and history of our country. You know, that's what we use Memorial Day for. That's what we, that's what we use the Fourth Independence Day for. When I, I think Memorial Day is very, very, very important. When we celebrate it, we need to explain to our children and grandchildren what we're doing. It's not about watching Nathan's hot dog eating contest. I mean, those guys can eat some hot dogs, but that's not why we're celebrating it over the 4th of July or on Memorial Day, right? It's not about the barbecue tomorrow. Have a barbecue tomorrow. But remember what we're doing. Remember why we're doing this. Today after the service, I do this every year. I've told you guys this. Today after the service, after we get on with baptism, me and my family with my parents, we're going to be loading up. We're going to hit the cemeteries and visit our loved ones. And we're going to stop at National Cemetery. And at National Cemetery, you know what I do? We have flowers. We go decorate the graves. At National Cemetery in Springfield, those graves of unknown soldiers from the Battle of Wilson's Creek. And we decorate their graves. And I talk to my kids about the sacrifice that those men made and women made for our country. It's important that we instill this upon our kids. And the last thing. Well, I want, I want, before I go to my last point, the other thing too, and I don't even have it in my notes, is the broken homes. You know, what I, what I see more than anything amongst my kids as friends at school is the number of people that are growing up in broken homes. You know what the last two things have in common? I've looked at, I've looked at them. The young man in Connecticut and the one in Texas this week that carried out these horrible crimes, you know what they have in common? Broken homes. Dad's not present. There's no dad around. There's no one instilling upon them. Guys, we can't have broken homes anymore. I, I said this this morning. I say this in, our, in pre-marriage counseling with these young couples. You know the divorce rate inside the church is just as high as outside? We can't have any more broken homes. We have to take our commitments serious. We have to take our commitments to our spouse serious. To raise our kids in a... God has an order for the family. Listen, it's, it's a, a, a husband and a wife, and they have kids, and they stay together, and they raise them to love the Lord. That is a biblical way of marriage. It's not Steve and Joe and Jan and who, Eve having a family. And it's, and it's not breaking up because you think the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. Because the hubby's gained 50 pounds. Sorry, honey, but I have. You don't think, well, she's a lot better looking. I'm over here because she's a lot younger. But how many people are doing that in Christian homes and in Christian churches? Broken. Broken. Kids grow up without a father. Broken. Broken. You know what, church? What do we do? What well, starts with my family? It starts with me and my family. And then you know what? These kids that come from broken homes, guess what? They need loving parents inside the church, whether they're your kids or not, to take them under your wing and love them and care for them. 
broken families. Last point, and I'm done. We've got to preach the gospel. We've got to preach the gospel. 1 Corinthians 9, 16, Paul says, Woe to me if I don't preach the gospel. Woe to me if I don't preach the truth of the gospel. Woe to you if you don't preach the gospel. Well, I'm not a preacher. You are in your home. You are at work. Just because you don't stand here and holler loud on Sunday morning sometimes, you are. You have the gospel message. You are. You are. Our job is to preach the gospel in a bold way, not in a coward's way. You share the gospel in a bold way. And God will work. He will then work. Listen, there are just things in our country that we can't change. We just can't change. I want to say political parties aren't the answer. They're not the answer. Political parties are not. And I'm talking about both political parties. Or all five of them or whatever. They're not the answer. The only way we're going to fix this is to change the hearts and the lives of people. That's what changes. So that I know that killing is wrong. It's murder. It's killing someone that isn't made in God's image. When my kids know that, they're not going to kill somebody. When my kids know that, they're not going to have an abortion. Listen, the gospel changes people. You say, well, I'm a hardcore Republican. Well, you want people to vote more like that I'm a Republican, right? Well, maybe share the gospel with them. And then they'll share some of those ideas. That's just the truth. It's, there's no one man that's going to fix this. It's the gospel. Now, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that we don't need Christian teachers and Christian principals and Christian writers. We need, we can't pull out, church. If we do, we might as well form an Amish community. Not bashing the Amish, that's just the truth. We have to be engaged in our society. As followers of Christ, we have to be engaged in our society. So I want Christian teachers. I want Christian principals and writers writing the textbooks and Christian lawyers and judges. I want them. That's who I want to elect. I want Christians to serve in the Senate and in the House. I want Christian businessmen and executives if you start a business, you know what your motto should be? I'm going to do all things for Christ. I'm going to love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, and mind. That includes your business. Christian newsmen and women in the press who are reporting real news, not fake news, into our home. And then you know what happens? You know what happens when Christians get serious about this responsibility? All these issues from bathrooms... Which I still don't understand how that's an issue, but it is. To same-sex marriage, to giving out money, promoting laziness. You know, all those things, you know what they are? They're a heart issue. They're a sin issue. And when we get Christians into those positions and we start to call it out and preach, you know what starts to happen? They go away. They go away. The problem is, folks... We're holed up right now. We're worried. If I'm honest, 
If you're being honest this morning, how many of you would say you're scared about the direction of our country? You don't have to raise your hand, but I'm sure everybody would. Everybody would. Well, when you're scared, you got one of two options. You can either attack. And when I say attack, I don't mean physically. I mean spiritually. Or you can turn and run. You know when God gave us the whole armor of God? You know what he never gave us armor for? Our back. All the armor is right here. Because what does he say to do? Stand firm, therefore. Stand firm. We can't hold up. We have to advance. It must begin from within and what I'm responsible for. I'm thankful this morning that I'm not the President of the United States. Because he's going to have a lot to answer for. But you know what? I'm going to have a lot to answer for in my household. I'm going to have a lot to answer for for this church. I'm going to have a lot to answer for in my workplace. So are you. It must begin from within. Proverbs 14.34 says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. When we become righteous and loving the Lord, and He's the first priority in our life and in our community, guess what happens? Our nation becomes exalted. There was a time when our nation was highly exalted in this world. And I'm telling you, we are on the downward spiral of that. It starts with us. Righteousness exalts, sin tears down. So what are we going to do about it? Are we going to seek out the enemy and do battle with him, realizing that God has given us everything we need to defeat him? You understand, we win. If you open the end of the book, we win. So we should take the battle like we're winners, not losers. You win. You win. Listen, one of these days, we're going to stop breathing. I'm going to stop breathing. You're going to stop breathing. One of these days, we're going to stand before the creator of the universe. And in that moment, we are going to give an account for what we've done for the kingdom. I'm asking you this morning. You're upset about Texas. I'm upset about Texas. You're upset about the direction of our country. I'm upset. What are you doing about it? Are you sitting back and saying this is horrible? Or are you advancing with the gospel? Are you an active part in changing the direction? What about right now? Are you doing anything at all right now to build his kingdom? Are you trying to teach your children and, and people about the Christian heritage of our country? We win in the end. Start acting like winners. Start acting like winners. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. I've touched on some very, very tough things. If you're here this morning and you don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are not on the winning side. You are on the losing side. Without Christ, you're an enemy of God. I can't urge you enough today to profess Jesus Christ. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and he'll save you. And you're brought into his family. That's where you start. Families, I can't encourage you more to do anything more than you pray to our Lord this morning for your family. That you make a commitment. A commitment, not to me, to him. To teach the truth to your kids, to your family.
to start making a difference in his kingdom. If you need to come today, I can pray with you. If you need to pray by yourself, you can do that. Parents, pray for your children. Pray for your kids. Let's pray right now. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, today for your word. I pray for our country. I pray for our families here. I pray for our community, God, that they will turn to you. I believe with all my heart that you're the only answer. You're the only answer. Your word is the only answer. To love you with all of our heart, soul, and mind. We're never going to be able to perfectly do that until we get to heaven, but that should be our goal, Lord. To talk about you when we're at home, when we're on the way. To write you on, on our hearts, on our faces, that when people that we interact with in the business world, outside of here, know how much we love you and stand for the truth. And that we're not scared. We're not scared because we have victory and it's through you. Lord, I pray for our country that there will be a mass turning to you. That happens by the gospel being preached. I pray for our community, Lord, that there's a mass turning to you. There's 30,000 people roughly in our community that are lost, that need you. I pray, Lord, for radical transformation of turning to you in people's lives. Lord, we love you. We honor you. Today, Lord, I'm thankful for the men and women that gave their life for our country, that I can still stand here and preach. There may be a day where we're not allowed to, and we have to meet in somebody's barn. Lord, if that happens, we're going to meet in their barn. We're going to be obedient to you. But I'm thankful for the men and women that sacrificed everything, their life, for this country. And I'm thankful, Lord, that you sacrificed yourself for us. Because without you, we're dead in our sin. In all things, God, we worship you and we love you. It's in your name I pray.
Amen. Thank you, guys. Sammy, you and Barb coming up here. So two Wednesday nights ago, right? It was, it it was two Wednesday nights ago. That's what I thought. Two Wednesday nights ago, uh, I had the opportunity to talk to her, and uh, she she has professed Christ as her Lord and Savior. And we talked to her about baptism, and she wants to be baptized at the river. So we're gonna, she's one of the ones going to be getting baptized today at the river. Yep. So you guys know on Wednesday nights when I walk out of my office after talking to somebody, I, I have them do it right then. But it's also important for them to come forward and, and tell everybody. So that's what we're doing this morning. You got anything you want to say? Barb? No? Okay. That's fine. That's all right. I understand. Uh, so I'm going to close in prayer. I'm going to ask uh, Denny, would you uh, greet people as they're leaving today? I'm gonna, I need to get changed. Uh, so if I didn't have a chance to say hi to you this morning and introduce myself, I'm sorry, uh, but I will at the river. If you come down to the river and, and meet us at the river, I'll do that then. Uh, but I'm thankful you guys are here today. Uh, guys, I, we just got to keep praying about this. We have to keep praying and talking to our kids and doing the right thing. Um, I was pretty fired up about this deal in Texas, and I think every, everybody should be um, because it's just evil. And how you attack evil is with Christ, right? That's the weapon. The whole armor of God, what's the sword? Right? The Word of God. So you hide the Word in your heart, you share it. That's what changes people. That's the whole deal. That's, that's the whole point. So uh, I'm going to ask Jody, would you close us in prayer this morning? God, and just, just ask as we go forward, God, that you just ask, or help us, God, to be a, be a shining example for you, God. Just help us to spread your Word. God, just help us to share your truth, your values, God, as we go into the world. and Just always point us in the direction you want us to go. Be with all the families, God, today that have, that have lost anyone. And just um, thank you, God, for all you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah.